Hey, it's Bill Simmons. Did I tell you that we relaunched our TV podcast that is now called the Prestige TV Pod? We did it in time for Succession, which is launching in October. But there's so many good shows this fall. We got Yellowstone and Billions and Insecure. We have The Shrink Next Door. Is Mayor of Kingstown going to be good? We're going to be breaking all of it down. The morning show season finale. We are going to be here. Like, we're going to treat it like we treat the NBA playoffs. If there's a really good prestigious TV show, we're breaking it down in this feed. Check it out. The Prestige TV Pod from the Ringer Podcast Network. It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. The MLB season is in full swing, and you can step up to the plate with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filtered by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, bet the live same-game parlays for every MLB game and track your game and bets live with box scores and play-by-play. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. Welcome in. It is a super jam-packed Friday edition of New York, New York, with yours truly, JJ Johnson-Strevsky. We're right here on the Ringer Podcast Network, and I knew today was going to be a really good Friday because the long-anticipated news of New York now having the ability to place mobile wagers on their phones It's available. It's accessible. Now our friends at FanDuel can have some fun in the state of New York. So I was already stoked about that great bit of news. Today got that much better with the events that unfolded at Madison Square Garden. What a win for the New York Knickerbockers. This is not hyperbole. Tonight was the win of the year for the New York Knicks. And what's funny is the Knicks couldn't have looked more dead and more lifeless at around 8.45, 9 o'clock. So as I am finishing up with the great Beningo, as I am finishing up with Arthur Caesar, I got the Nick game on in my office. And basically what I'm seeing, it's three after three after three after three for the Boston Celtics, where they are smoking the Knicks. Where they're up 20 plus points, where the Knicks look completely disinterested and they look dead to rights. Now they went on a little spurt end of the half, made it a 16 point game. Whoopty freaking do. It's about how you come out starting off the third quarter. And this is where you give Thibodeau and you give the Knicks all sorts of love. I don't know what was said at halftime. I don't know if it was a player. I don't know if it was a coach. They came out looking like a completely different team. They got after it on defense. 
Evan Fournier. On fire. It's amazing. Evan Fournier, it seems like he can't play against anybody except the Boston Celtics. His best performances this year, opening night, the game in Boston when the Knicks had nobody playing where he and Kemba went off. Not good enough. And in this game, where Fournier was just insane. Between Fournier hitting three after three, quickly attacking, getting in the paint, finishing, making all sorts of big plays. And then Julius doing his thing, hitting some big three-point shots, finishing around the basket. The Knicks turned what was a 25-point deficit to a two-point deficit basically at the end of the third quarter. And my fear was watching this game. The Knicks are going to fight. They're going to scratch. They're going to claw. And we're going to commend them for getting back into the game. But they're ultimately going to fall short. And when they cut it to whatever it was, I think it was like two, and Boston went back up by like eight points, I'm like, oh boy, this is like the danger zone. But Fournier kept them in it. He had some ridiculous shots. Look, I kill Evan Fournier all the time. I was not a fan of the signing. I'm not really a big fan of his game. He has not done a whole lot for the Knicks so far this year. But I got to give credit where credit is due. Knicks don't win without Evan Fournier tonight. The guy played out of his freaking mind. Then the Knicks get the lead. And I'm stoked. I'm running around the apartment. I'm hooting and hollering. I'm probably waking up all the neighbors. It's great. I don't care. They have an opportunity to ice the game. They don't do it. Julius Brick's free throw. RJ, who we'll get to momentarily, had a miserable game for basically 98 or 99% of it, but ends up being a hero. He bricks a free throw. And I was just expecting that Tatum was going to hit a three and the Celtics were going to walk it off and win the game. Thankfully, he only hits a tilt. And I'm like, geez, missed free throws. Another overtime game for the Knicks and the Celtics. This is what we're going to get until the Barrett play happens. And I'll say this about Barrett. I mention it all the time. He's got chutzpah. He's got balls. You can't tell me otherwise. He had a rotten night against the Celtics. As good as he was against the Pacers on Tuesday, Barrett was terrible tonight. Took bad shots, turned the ball over, had a brutal first half. He sunk. In the second half of this game, Kept attacking. Kept trying to make things happen around the basket. Had that beautiful setup, that give and go with Mitchell Robinson when Mitch flushed it right down. Stan Van Gundy was all over it. Kept attacking. The end of the game basically throws up a heave. And hallelujah, the bank is open, baby. The bank is open. The Knicks who were down by 24, 25 points. Going to win this game outright against the Celtics. Listen to this. The Knicks were. One and 229. One and 229 when trailing by 25 plus points in a game over the last 25 seasons. Last time this happened was 2004, down 26, overcoming that one and beating the Milwaukee Bucks. I saw that on good old Twitter right before we started the show, and I made a little note of that. It's a crazy, crazy win for the Knicks. They had this home and home with the Celtics. They got a big one coming up on Saturday night. They need to start playing better basketball. Pacer win was a good win. This is the win of the year. It doesn't mean a whole lot if you don't parlay it into a nice stretch of wins. 
or a good extended chunk of winning basketball. That's in front of the Knickerbockers. They're going to get an angry Celtic team 24 hours from now, basically. They're playing on Saturday. Go and win that game and keep building and keep growing and maybe use the most dramatic win of the year as a launch point now for what you have going. Oh, I'm stoked after that game. I mean, listen, I feel like the, the Knicks pulled the rabbit out of the hat. I feel like they got away with murder. But anytime you can beat the Celtics and send Bill from Los Angeles home crying after that one, he's already you know, killing the coach. He's out on the team. Great. I don't care. The Celtics got their hearts broken tonight. That gives me satisfaction. That puts a smile on my face. That fires me the hell up. So great job by the Knicks all in all. Fabulous, fabulous game at Madison Square Garden. Super stoked for it. Yesterday, I watched Kyrie. And I was curious to see what he was going to look like first game back. All in all, he looked pretty damn good, if you ask me. Now, I know maybe he was a little rusty first couple minutes of the game. But once he got in rhythm, once he got into the flow of the game, looked like Kyrie Irving. They'll find a way to make this work. People have asked me, is it going to be weird, disjointed? Yes. They'll make it work. It's too good. And with all the COVID stuff and with all the guys just getting off these anyway, for the time being, when they're playing games on the road, they're going to ask Kyrie Irving to basically take on the mantle of responsibility. Great. Guy's been doing nothing for three and a half months. Let's go. And it's not like he's going to be uh, running to the ground. Can't play the games at home at this point in time. That net game was crazy yesterday. They were down big. They had no answer for Lance Stevenson. They basically flipped the switch. They got going. Durant got going. They played him at the five, which was a pretty crazy lineup to watch. And they ended up winning that game going away against the Indiana Pacers. But uh, I would expect Kyrie Irving to play at a high level when he's out there. That's not a shock. That's not exactly breaking ground. But uh, that was my basic takeaway from watching him in his season debut. So a lot of moving and shaking going on with the basketball. And then, of course, we have Week 18 in the NFL. and. I think a lot of Giant fans are hoping this is going to be the swan song for Joe Judge. I think we'll have more on that come Sunday night and Monday. It should be. I'm on record as saying I think the Giants should blow it up from top to bottom. Do I think it will be? No. Because I believe the reporting that came out a couple of weeks ago. That came from somewhere, and it came from somewhere credible within the Giant organization. They don't want to fire a head coach. The sense I get is that Joe Judge because he was handpicked by Bill Belichick, apparently, and John Mara fell in love with him, doesn't want to fire a head coach after two years. The problem he's going to run into, his team outside of Jacksonville, there's not a team in the league that's more dysfunctional and just totally shot and has been as bad as can be over the better part of six, seven weeks. Yes, the quarterback getting hurt played a role, but you know what? No excuses. You cannot look as just embarrassing as the Giants have looked since then. It's not like they were lighting it up when Daniel Jones was out there. Anyway, you're going to bring back this head coach, and then what are you doing with the GM? They're not on the same timetable. They're not the same you know, path and whatnot. It's just, to me, it's wasting time if you're the Giants. That's what it boils down to. And no, I don't think Judge, from what I've seen, is their coach now for the next five, six, seven, eight, nine years. I don't. They should be making a change. Then you have the Jets. And, you know, this is a big story. I know a couple of my colleagues over at SNY were talking about this after the game against, who was it, uh, Tampa Bay. The ego was Zach Wilson and that it was his ego that got in the way of trying to sneak it home and trying to win the game. I mean, that couldn't be more nonsensical. 
That is one of the most ridiculous points I've heard in a long, long time. Absolutely ridiculous. It was a bad decision by the quarterback. How come in sports it can't be as simple as that? Why do we have to get down to like the psychology and the inner workings of something that to me is a whole lot to do about nothing? Like this is the sort of stuff that I see and it's out in the media and it bothers me to no end. I haven't been waving the Zach Wilson pom-poms all year. I've killed him when he's needed to be killed. He had a terrific game on Sunday. He made a bad read and a decision not giving a ball to Braxton Berrios. Why can't it be that as opposed to, oh, he's egotistical. Oh, that's why. It's just so stupid. It, it, it's so, like, short-sighted. It's so hot take. It's lame. Let's call it what it is. It's lame. It's a bad decision. Let's leave it at that. He goes in his game against Buffalo. It's not going to be pretty. Buffalo needs this game. Buffalo is a bully team. They've owned the Jets over the last couple of years. If the Jets can give me an effort that's comparable to what you saw against Tampa last week, I'd be thrilled. They're not winning this game. But if you can make the Bills sweat and you get another clean game from this quarterback against pretty damn good defense, it's the minor building block that you're looking for going into this offseason where, listen, both teams need work. Both teams got top draft picks. The Jets still are in better shape than the Giants. It's crazy to say because you're not used to saying that when it comes to the two New York football locals. Historically, at least, the Jets are in way better shape. Like, outside of Jacksonville, find me a team that's in worse shape than the Giants. Can't do it. Can't do it. So, we got the slate ready for not a great week 18 in the NFL, but the 4 o'clock slate is good, and I can't wait for Raiders and Chargers. That will be one of our five best bets. Picking the games this week was impossible. You had to pick games that had some sort of meaning. That's what we tried to do. So, Joe B is going to join us. Art the Caesar from the Superbook is going to join us like he does each and every football Friday. And yeah, I'm giddy. The Knicks win on a buzzer beater. The bank is open. Phil from LA is crying. And we got legalized sports betting in New York. What a time to be alive. I can go on FanDuel now. Saturday, bet on the NFL games. Or Sunday, bet everything known to man. And then I could throw in the same game parlay that I gave you on the Ring of Gambling show. Giddy. Downright giddy. All right, some voicemails. They're coming up next. This episode is brought to you by 7-Eleven. Cold Slurpee drinks and a hot summer day are a match made in heaven, and your favorite refreshment just got even better. Let's talk about 7-Eleven's $1 small Slurpee drink with seven rewards. It's the classic frozen fizzy treat you can't get anywhere else. I'm a blue raspberry guy. Just know that about me. Know that about me going forward anytime. There's a drink like this. I'm in on the blue raspberry. If you're feeling thirsty, feeling thirsty right now, how about going to visit a 7-Eleven valid through 1725? 7-Eleven has the right to end this promotion early, plus tax, participating U.S. stores. See app for full terms. All rights reserved. All right, folks, voicemail time. 917-382-1151. And just took a peek at the Evan Fournier game log throughout this 2021-2022 season. I'm not exaggerating. His three best games, hands down, against the Celtics. So I, I don't know what the Knicks need to do. They have to hypnotize Fournier and pretend that he's playing against the Celtics every night because if this was the guy you were getting, I mean, listen, not to expect him to th score 38, 40 points, but 
Like, if you were getting somebody hitting, like, 20 to 25 consistently hitting the outside shot, I'd be, I'd be like, wow, this is some signing. The problem is there were way too many nights where Evan Fournier disappears and doesn't play defense and, and doesn't really contribute a whole lot else. This version of Evan Fournier, though, listen, been killing the guy all year. He has a night like tonight. You, you can't be pounding him. You got you to gotta open up your arms. You got to say, hey, I love you, buddy. You got more of this in you. That's what I wonder. What a night. What a freaking night. Even though it's going to snow and it's going to be miserable here in New York. I, hate, I The people that like the weather, like when it's 20 and 30 degrees, you guys are disturbing. Okay, I love you. You're disturbing. Like, I should not have to walk outside to go to Starbucks, freeze my face off. My hands are like numb, frostbit, and I got to deal with this crap. I hate it. Now, maybe it's because I spent four years at Syracuse and I'm spoiled and uh, I'm just over the winter and I'm used to too many of these global warming years where we get like 45 and 50 degree days and I'm out golfing in January. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't touched a golf club in a month. So maybe that's why I'm a little antsy. Plus Florida, Christmas, COVID, shit weather, you know, it sucks. It sucks. So you winter people, I got a problem with you. I'm going to be airing my grievances December 23rd at Festivus. Making that known. All right, voicemail time. Let's hear him. JJ, Victor, and Staten Island. What a game. Nick game. What a win. I mean, I don't know where this season's going, but anytime you can stick it to the Celtics like that, that just makes me even happier. What a game by Fournier. I mean, he's so hot and cold, but you know what? Always seems to show up against the Celtics, which is no problem at all. And RJ with the big one. So maybe this propels him into something. Like I said, don't know where the season's going, but big win tonight. Super pumped. And let's go, Knicks. Awesome, awesome stuff, Victor. And you're right about Fournier. Hot and cold doesn't begin to describe it. Insanely streaky. And as far as big-time efforts, they're only against Boston. Every Boston game, Fournier has brought the heat. So I, I guess on Saturday... Now that we have the ability on FanDuel Sportsbook in New York to have some fun with some of these props, I think I'm going to load up on Evan Fournier props. I'm going to ride this until you can't ride it no more. So if they throw up three-pointers and points, let's let's have a family beak. I'll tweet that out on Saturday legally. I'll be able to do it. I don't have to do it through a proxy anymore. Let's get in on Evan Fournier props for Saturday's game against the Celtics. I hope this is a springboard for the team. Look. Mentioned this the other night. The Knicks, after Tuesday's win against Indiana, were basically only a game off of the pace they had a year ago. Now, I don't know if they have the late March, April insane hot streak that the team had last year, but it gives you some perspective. That's seven through whatever you want to call it, 7 through 12, super jumbled in the East. Be nice to get a nice stretch at 10 or 15 games where you start feeling better about the team. This is a nice start. Back-to-back home wins against teams that are right there with you in the standings, especially this one. You're down 25-plus points. You win this game. It's the win of the year for the Knicks. I'm not exaggerating. Win of the year. Who's next? Paul from Boston, living in the hell. Formerly from Long Island, Rangers, Knicks, Giants, Yankees. Torture living up here, man. Hey, I listen to you all the time. 
where the heck is my beloved New York Rangers? Don't you know what hockey is, dude? It's the only team in New York that's winning anything. Come on, man. Happy New Year, brother. Take care. Paul, you have me at my word. When the end of January comes to a close, we're going to do a lot more hockey on this podcast. Now, I know the hockey fan is probably ticked off at me. They didn't like my list a few months ago. They probably want more Ranger and Islander talk. This is always the way I have operated. You don't have to like me for it, but I'm going to tell you the way I do things. I don't do a whole lot of hockey until we hit February and beyond. That's just the way I roll. The other sports, they sell more. They move the needle more. Whether you like it or not, that's just the reality. I'm aware of what the Rangers are doing. They're playing great hockey. They're top of the standings. They're going to be a playoff team this year. You're wondering what kind of fun they can have in the wide-open Stanley Cup playoff tournament. It's been a couple of years where the Rangers have given us an extended postseason run. We might get one this year. And I was talking to the guys about this actually a couple of days ago, and we were brainstorming what we're going to do over the next few weeks. I got a couple of hockey people lined up. You can take me, take this podcast, take this audio, save it, document it, tweet it, do whatever the hell you want to do. I promise you we got some hockey stuff coming up over the next few weeks. And the Ranger fan is fired up and so far has been a very disappointing and very disjointed year for the team that was in the Eastern Conference Finals last year. That, of course, the New York Islanders. Okay, who's next? Yo, JJ, Pete in Westchester here, man. Just, uh, you know, little ticked off today, bro. I'm not going to lie. Seeing that Eric Chavez is, is going over to the Mets, leaving the Yankees. You know, not – I don't think it's the biggest deal in the world. Like, is, is Eric Chavez really going to lead to more wins for the Yankees? But, you know, it's just like another finger in the eye of this offseason, right? You know, Mets getting up on us. You know, this is the guy who's coming to the coaching staff. He's some big get, you know, for Aaron Boone. Oh, yeah, we love Eric. He's going to do such a great job. And, and there he is. He's, he's leaving. <laughs> he's going to the Mets for a better gig. So, hey, good for Eric. I think he's a good dude. I think it's a good move for him professionally, but hey, Uncle Stevie gets another one up on the Yankees. Um, and then, yeah, just also just New York sports app betting is finally here. We waited long enough. Uh, New York, you know, New Jersey, Connecticut had it up on us for a while, but now it's coming to New York. So super pumped Saturday morning and looking forward to dropping that NYNY code in FanDuel. All right, man. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. It bothered me when it happened. Not going to lie. It annoyed me when I saw. Eric Chavez, who is this highly regarded person around baseball. I remember him playing with the Oakland A's, played with the Yankees at the end of his career. Like people say, oh, he's the next great major league manager. Okay, whoop de doo He's going to be on the Yankee coaching staff, assistant hitting coach. Great. Boone's waxing poetic, Yankees waxing poetic. For the Mets to basically swoop in and make him the main hitting coach and stick it to the Yankees again, it annoys me. Doesn't mean much in the grand scheme of things, but it annoys me. It's just another thing that you can add to the Mets and what they've been able to do that's been right about this offseason and then the Yankees and everything that has gone wrong for them so far this offseason. And who the hell knows how long this lockout's going to last? Like, you notice we haven't talked about it much because I have no interest in discussing it at this point in time. If nothing is happening and there's nothing to discuss, there's nothing to discuss. Wake me up when it's time to go to work and wake me up when the rest of the offseason can finish up and we know what these teams are going to look like. Wasting time and trying to figure out when and, and what the primers are going to be, it's just, it's torture. It's the, and if you find it enjoyable, I, I, I mean, maybe you should be in law or you should be uh, 
negotiating collective bargaining. Like for me, I, there's, there's nothing more just like tedious and just, ugh, just, it's not, it's not enjoyable. Maybe that is the simple thing to me, but it's just not enjoyable. But yeah, the Chavez to the Mets signing as a, you know, a coach who's going to be a Yankee coach going to the Mets. I don't like it. If you're a Mets fan, enjoy it, but it bothers me. All right, we got two to go. Who's up? Hey, JJ, Robin, New Jersey here. The question I've been wondering in sports that I wanted to ask you. So LeBron James, if he stays healthy, is uh, on pace to break Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's scoring record next year, all-time points. I was just wondering, how big do you think that will be treated in the sports media? Will it be as big, anywhere near as big as a home run record like Barry Bonds or, uh, you know, Maguire and Sosa? Because it's a pretty big deal if uh, LeBron breaks Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's all-time scoring record. Uh, I was just wondering how big do you think it's going to be treated? And, um, you know, is it a big deal? Thanks. It will get attention. It's very, very difficult to try to compare LeBron passing Kareem to like McGuire and Sosa in 1998. That was something unlike anything that we had ever seen before. Now, looking back on it, it's super tainted and the memories of it, they're very hollow. But that summer, passing Roger Maris, like, I say it all the time with baseball, and maybe this is me romanticizing the sport. The records in baseball, it was one of the many elements as a little kid that made the game special. Like, you don't think about certain records in the NFL. You just don't. Maybe 2,000 yards. Maybe you think about that. But, like, everybody knew growing up, Roger Maris, 61 home runs. Joe DiMaggio, 56-game Hitting straight. Ted Williams, last guy to hit over 400. Like, this is just stuff that is, like, ingrained in you. Where, like, these records, they're, they're like, a big part of the fabric and the, the conversation and all the stuff that comes with it with baseball. The other sports don't have that. Like, even Dan Marino's touchdown record, which now has been broken by, like, Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, like, 10 zillion times. I don't even know who has that anymore. I think it's Brady, but whatever. It, like, doesn't mean as much. I'm sorry. It doesn't. It's not the same. But the baseball records are not the same. I, I got news for you. Hitting 700 home runs doesn't mean as much. Sorry. Like, after what we went through with the steroid era, it kind of diminished a lot of those records. It's a bummer. But at the time, that's why it was super special. So, LeBron, pass a cream, yeah, he'll be cool. We'll probably get more love even than what Steph got for the record at MSG with the three-pointers the other night. But McGuire, Sosa, no. Nowhere close. All right, last but not least. And then uh, you guys are not going to like this Julius Randle story. We call that a little tease. Let's hear it. JJ, it's Anthony and Syosset. So it looks like Saturday, the 8th of January in the year 2022, at about 9 in the morning, it looks like mobile sports gambling, mobile sports wagering will be coming to the state of New York. Um, now, again, for guys like me and you who have been beaten for years, uh, who have the action already uh, with the thefts of the world and the Russians over in Sheepshead Bay, I say, who gives a fuck? However, for you, the podcaster, for you, the person that's involved in this, uh, you know, uh, in this form of media, what this will now do in terms of opening the world of wagering to the common man, Disco J, 
uh, you know, to the guy that's going to take advantage of the little $10 credit that they offer and, you know, do a 15-team parlay, think he's going to hit it and then end up getting hooked. Well, it's going to bring more people into this world. So I'm just curious, what do you think from that standpoint? What does bringing it to New York to you, what does that mean to you, to your show, to your program, to what you do? Um, and also, I know you're not a Wall Street guy, but what does that mean to my gambling stock? Because I've been holding on to a few of these waiting for this day. So, you know, if they don't move now, then when the hell am I going to sell them? And, and again, I'll always say this, because a very wise man who used to be on your former radio station once said that even if they legalize this stuff, it is not going to affect the guy on the street. And you know why? Because the guy on the street offered you the credit. And that wise man was one Michael Francesca. So have a good weekend, Jay. We'll talk soon. It's an excellent point, Anthony. And Mike and I have had a lot of conversations about this over the years. And he's a thousand percent right. People want to bet money they don't have in many cases. And your guy at the barbershop, you know, your, your guy that you've been dealing with in Brighton Beach or Sheepshead Bay, wherever, I don't know. I don't know where your, uh, your guy may be. You're going to love the fact that you don't have to put money into an app and you can bet on credit. But for folks who don't have access to a guy, this is long overdue. The state of New Jersey has nailed this. Nevada for years has nailed this. The idea that anybody over the age of 18 can't go on their phone and place a, a, a legalized bet, it's a joke. And I've been screaming about this for years. It's a joke. Now we will have the ability to do that. And listen, I love it from our show standpoint because FanDuel's been great to us. FanDuel with the odds boosts that they have, with the same game parlays that they have. You know, I've been going through a proxy when I want to throw in the same game parlays that I like in a lot of these ads. I love it. But now I can do it from the comfort of my own home, which I should have been able to do to begin with. And you'll be able to shop to get the best price. You know, you'll be able to have all the odds at your disposal and FanDuel's going to kill it. Listen, they killed it in New Jersey. There's no doubt in my mind they're going to kill it here in the state of New York. So it is a great thing for the consumer. And listen, like any other vice in life, and I hate the anti-gambling people on Twitter. And listen, I understand there are dangers, but you know what? There are dangers in just about anything and any vice. Guess what? I got news for you. Soda drinkers. I don't drink soda anymore. I used to as a kid. Soda is awful for you. Awful. All that crap, all that sugar, all that nonsense that you're putting in your body, it causes serious health problems. Booze. You know, there's, there's a vice for everybody. It's all about moderation. It's all about being able to handle what you can handle. So I'm not giving you the anti-gambling PSA. You don't need it from me. You don't need it from me. Like anything else, be smart. Use your noodle when you can. This is a great thing for the state of New York. It's a great thing for New York, New York, our show. Bill and I have been talking about this day for a long, long time. This is, it's fabulous because I love the folks at FanDuel. They're going to be accessible to the common man, the common woman who wants to throw a couple of bucks down on a game. And it's fun. That to me is the best thing about this. It is fun. If you do so within reason, you have a lot more fun watching these games. I know that's been the case for me for a long, long time. Now I can reap the benefits here in the state of New York. Okay. Before we get to our football Friday, guys, I saw this from Randall. And this right after the game, I want to give you the exact quote. Julius Randall on the meaning behind thumbs down to the crowd in the fourth quarter. Quote, 
Shut the blank up. So, Julius Randle taking a page out of Javi Baez's playbook. Julius had a great game. He's had two back-to-back fantastic games. I got a message for you, Julius. Taking on the fans in New York, it's not a winning proposition. It's not a winning bet. Because they will turn on you that much quicker for stuff like this. Now, you want to use the booze and the negative comments to your advantage and go and score 30 points a night and play inspired? Great. But be careful. I don't like this. See, I don't need this after a big win. I'm all giddy. I'm all fired up. I'm super stoked about the win. This is where Randall, dude, you know what? Honestly, don't even address it. Don't even address it. Now, he's honest. He's being honest about it. He's clearly frustrated and fed up with the treatment. But it's not a battle you can win. I've seen it with players. I've seen it way too many times over the years. When you think you are going to take on a fan base as passionate and as enthusiastic as the New York fan base, you don't win. So, beware. I wonder if the Knickerbockers will try to talk Julius back off of those comments tomorrow at shootaround. Not a good look for Julius. Great game. It's not a good look for Julius. Take it on the fence. I don't care what they're saying. It's not smart. It's just not smart. Football Friday crew, they're coming up next. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on Cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. We have reached the regular season finale of Old School, New School with the great Joe Beningo, and I can't believe it. Another week with Joe pulls a 5-0 rabbit out of the hat. Who is this guy? What is going on here? Well, here's the here's the bottom line. But first of all, happy New Year! This is our Thank first you, show. Thank you, brother. Of the yes, year. happy New Year. I appreciate that. This is that. the first show of 2022. All right. Uh, so let's start. Let's start with all that. All right. Uh, first show of 2022. But what I was going to say was, um, yeah, no, it's hard to believe. It's hard to believe that we are in the last week of the season. 
It's hard to believe that over the last six weeks, I am an unconscious 25 and five. Ooh. Just think of a Jay, 25 and freaking five. And I had a two and three in there. Last week, two weeks ago, I was two and three. This week, I went back to five and oh, 25 and five. I went from 13 games under 500 to seven games over and now have now have uh, ensured clinched a winning season in the regular season, which is stunning. 46 and 39, considering Correct. you were 13 games under 500. It's unbelievable. Is right. one of the more improbable in-season <laughs> comebacks you're ever going to see. And I like the Miami Dolphins. You finished it off last I, week. They fell right. flat on their face. You kept churning and right. gave us another 5-0 and oh week. So what's the secret, bro? Any secret to There's why no you secret. got I've been hot very here? Fortunate, no? bro. Yeah, I, yeah, look, you know what it is. This is luck. You know how this plays out. Um, you know, you, we, look, we, you and I, we got an idea what's going on in the NFL. But what does that mean? That don't mean means nothing. I mean, you know, we have there's people out there that know nothing and and you can win. You know, oh, I like the color of the team. So um, I don't know. I I've just been fortunate. I've been I've been lucky. I've been hitting them. You know, um. You try to pay attention to the league as much as you possibly can, and that's it. And you it's know, been working certain, for you. And listen, teams, now well, certain teams have been good. Like I said, the last three weeks, I went against the Giants all three weeks, yeah, and you won and every won. single one of those bets. <laughs> See, I wish I hopped on. To you be know? honest with you, the mistake I made is I didn't hop on those bets you because what cost me a winning right. week is the hunch that I had that Kansas City would beat Cincinnati. Because the minute, the right. minute, you hit that the one. minute, you hit the hit. Bengals won that game and the Browns were eliminated. The line went from like Cleveland minus right. three and a half. Pittsburgh was favored kickoff in Ben yeah, Roethlisberger's right. final game. Yeah. They were favored. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I know it's crazy, man. No, I, look, I, I understand. It's it's a crazy, bro. Uh, like I said, uh, you know who knows? You don't. You don't Here, know. Here's it's, what I do know. Nobody here's what knows I do anything. Know. You nobody now have anything. a very comfortable and a very cushy seven game wow. lead on yours truly. So you have distanced yourself. You have continued to well, stay hot. I've watered the last have, two weeks. Will, will, will we have one? Will we? Will the playoffs be separate of the regular season? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I think we will combine the two and make uh, an executive okay. decision at the end. Maybe we okay. have split titles. All right, good. So that's fine. So we will. So that's fine. So we will. That that's cool with me. I got no problem. We will. And of course, we'll the playoffs. We'll that. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll put it up to game. a poll and let the. The listeners and the audience decide uh, what we know. should do with the standings. However but you want to do. Week 18 sucks. These games are impossible oh, to handicap. Terrible week. Terrible so, week. Guess what? I'm letting you go first because you were five and zero. Number one. Number two. I don't want to go first with all these games that are going on. So Joe, take it away. Well, I, all the games here were, are all games that I picked that that means something this week. Okay, whether it's a clinching a division, whatever it is, it means something. I don't want to do like I didn't want to. Like, I was looking at the Giants again, and I said, you know what? The WFT, the, what's it going to be? The Admirals? Is that the name of this team? Was Oh, that's disgusting. I would have liked the Hogs, to be honest with you. I think the Hogs would have worked. The, the Hogs, maybe. Hogs could have worked. Admirals is too nah, big. That's, uh, anyway, that's a pass. It's, it's a pass. I, you know what? I, I like WFT. They should have left it at that. It, it, it's, there's something I don't mind the that. WFT. Of I don't. Not. I don't there's mind the WFT. To that. There's something to it. Anyway. I didn't touch that game. I, I wanted to do games that matter. So I'm going to start with this. I'm laying big wood, but I'm taking the Colts laying 15 and a half. There is no way the Colts are not. This is a playoff game. When they win them in the playoffs, there's no way the Colts are not winning this game. I, I, there's no way. Jacksonville's not any good. 
They're coming off a 50 to a 14 thumping last week at the hands of Belichick and the Patriots. Uh, their season is long over. They don't have a coach. Uh, good, sayonara. They're going to get killed by Indianapolis. It's a big number, but you can easily see them winning this by three touchdowns. Give me the, give me the Colts laying the 15 and a half game one against the Jacks. Colts going to win the game. The only thing here, Jacksonville has beaten Indy like six or seven in a row in their building. Makes no sense. It's inexplicable. They did it last year, if you remember, right. in yep. week one. Yeah, that was, the only, game they won. that was the only game ja- they won. I can't see. That was the only game they won. That was the only game they won. This right. Jacksonville team is so bad. Oh. There's no way in the world I would justify a pick. Just maybe be aware of that, Joseph, if it's a seven-point game I with can't like see. seven not, or not, eight not minutes with, to go. Just not be aware. Now with a playoff spot on the line for the Colts. I don't see it. Colts can't mess around, and the Colts had a terrible performance in a terrible game last week against yes. Vegas. All right, no my doubt. first game. I'm going in a direction that you didn't want to go. I don't care. I'm laying seven with the football team against the Giants. <laughs> the Giants, if you ever watched them over the last few finally weeks. finally smartened up, right? Bro, I, I, I missed Probably the boat. The I missed the boat in the Cowboy football. game. I missed the, the boat in the Eagle game. team in football, and they should blow it up. Blow oh, it 100%. Up. New GM, new head coach, yep. new quarterback, yep. you name yep. it. All but I have no reason to believe that they're going to show up for this final game of the year. Their quarterback situation is an embarrassment. And Joe Judge basically is poking the bear, taking shots at Ron Rivera and the football team for guys fighting on the sideline. I guarantee you Ron Rivera is using that as bulletin board material. And that alone, I think, gets his team to show up. I hate picking these final games of the year when there's nothing on the line, there's nothing to play for. But the Giants are that bad. Football team is winning this game by more than a score. I'll lay the seven. All right. Uh, yeah, look, I uh, obviously uh, that's the way to go in that game. There's no doubt. And you're right. I forgot about that with that uh, 11 minute tirade that Judge went on. He's talking about guys uh, fighting on the sideline. I know, I know, in the Dallas game, you know, Washington. Yeah, the Giants, man, they got to get rid of it. They got to do it, bro. They got to blow it all up. You can't bring you can't bring Judge and Jones back though. I'm sorry. Well, the now, idea of gonna... doing it disjointed with. Right. A new GM, but you're going to keep the head coach. You're going to stick around with the quarterback. It's just, it's a hot mess. It's a total hot mess. They need a fresh start. That's what happened. That's what happened with the Jets with Rexon when they brought Hids again. And how did that work out? Well, please. Enough. All right. All right. Game game two, I'm taking the Titans lane 10 at home. I mean, obviously, excuse me, in Houston against the Texans. Again, the the, uh, number one seed is on the line here. They lost earlier in the year to Houston. They are not losing this game. You know, they come off the thrashing of your team last week. Uh, th- this is a game they're winning, and I think they're winning easily. Plus, throw in the fact that they want to stick one to the Texans who beat them earlier in the year. Uh, I, you know, 10 to me is probably even a, a, a low number. Uh, give me a Tennessee to whack Houston and get the number, you know, overall uh, number one seed and the bye in the AFC. Well, we have a heads up pick. Because I'm going against the Tennessee Titans again. And it's probably a mistake on my part because Tennessee Mm. made me and my football team look foolish. I just think 10 points on the road in the division game for a team that has been very spunky the last few weeks. Even last Sunday against the Niners. Niner team that had everything to play for. They were very alive, Joe. They were in that game. Tennessee is going to win. But when I see that line locked at 10, everyone's betting the Titans 
It hasn't budged off of 10. That was eye-opening to me. That kind of was an immediate circle where I say, you know what? Tennessee wins, but they're going to have to fight for four quarters. Maybe it's an ugly game. Maybe it ends up being a low-scoring type of game. But I think Houston will show up. They have shown no signs of being a team that has mailed it in. Tennessee will win closer than you think. So heads up here. I'm taking the Texans plus the 10 in game number two. All right, so we're going against each other in that one. All right, game three, I, you know, I, I got to take the Steelers getting five and a half against the Ravens in Baltimore. I mean, I just do. I mean, I, I guess Hungley's playing quarterback, I'm assuming, this week for the Ravens. Pittsburgh's still alive. I mean, you know, as, as crazy as it is. I mean, they got a, a, an extreme outside shot, but they're still alive. It's, it's probably Roethlisberger's last game of his career. Five and a half's a big number for, the, for Pittsburgh against Baltimore. I got, I got to take the Steelers getting five and a half. I got it. We have our second heads-up play wow. of the week because here's my take on this game, Joe. I understand the Steelers the getting five and a half seems too. juicy. The Ravens are still alive, too. The Ravens, you know I mean? well, they need a lot more. They right. need a lot more. The Steelers right. have a pretty simple path. It's right. Colt lose, they win. Ravens right. need like certain teams to right. win, lose. Right. It gets all right. sorts right. of right. wonky. Right. 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 Here's the issue I have with Pittsburgh. They're coming off a short week. That was an emotional game Monday night for Roethlisberger. Last game at home. Left it all out there. The Ravens have been in every single one of these games, with the exception of Cincinnati last week. They were in the game last week, for goodness sakes, so undermanned against the LA Rams, who are a team that you and I think could go and get to the Super Bowl this season. That's true. So I'm telling you, I think the Ravens show up for this game. And we have a line change on this, by the way. It is at four and a half. I don't know if that changes things for you. Does that change things is for that you? Line, is that, that line went down to four and a half now? Four and a half. Does that you change things? got five and a half. We have a change, though, over Fandle. So I'm letting you know now. Four All right. and a half. Well, let me put it down here. You know what? I'm not going to switch it because I don't like to do that once I made it. You feel like it'll be bad karma. I understand that. Well, yeah. I am going heads up with you. The right, Ravens so now, are winning this so now game. It's four I just and a half. think the Steelers. They're limited offensively. I don't see them sweeping Baltimore this year. I think the Ravens will be up for this game. And I, I don't think Ben has the uh, the swan song ending where he's getting carried off the field. I think the Ravens win this one so, going away. So we go head-to-head twice here now. This is the first huh? time I think we've done. Now, we did so. a few weeks ago, and we split yeah. both of the games. Right. So right. not the first time. Not well, the first time. Again, this is the worst week. The two worst weeks of the year to pick games are week one and, and the last week of the season. I mean, yeah, You're so right about that. You no, are right. I mean, uh, those are the most brutal. All right, game four. I'm sorry, bro. I got to take the Patriots laying the number against Miami. And I understand the Dolphins have had success against New England, but here's a couple things working. Number one, you beat them game one, okay? Uh, and and I, I just – this is still the division title is up for grabs here. At least it will be a kickoff. I don't think the Jets have any shot to beat the, uh, the Bills. It'll be nice to have to at least give them a game. I'll say that. That would be nice. Anyway, uh, I just think New England, I don't see them not winning this game by at least a touchdown. I, I just don't, bro. Miami, you know, they're, excuse me, they're, uh, they, they kind of shot the uh, load, if you will, okay, already. Uh, they got whacked last week. I don't know if they recovered from that. The Pats, like I said, are playing for something, even though they're already in the playoffs, uh, even though you know the Jets aren't beating Buffalo. And I think a little revenge. Bill, uh, Bill wants to, you know, how Bill's, Bill's, had, Bill's been on a nice revenge tour a little bit here. You know he wants to stick it to the Dolphins to beat them earlier in the year. 
I, I like the Patriots laying six and a half. Well, I'm not going to fight you on that. And I appreciate the fact that it took you 17 weeks <laughs> to pick against my team. 17 weeks. And you picked a good time because I'm not even going to be mad right. at you right. if New England's well, up covering this number them. because my team is eliminated. Do I want to win the game? Yes. Do I want to see Tua play right. well? Yes. They're wearing the throwback uniforms for the All first right. time, which I'll be fired up about. Um, it's tough to make a case for the Dolphins in this game. I think they will be in it, Joe. Right, but this right. has like seven-point game, yeah, late back yeah, to a field yeah. goal or touchdown, maybe late pick from Tua trying to force the issue. I would not fight you on that Patriot play. And you know Bill, me, I usually am pretty good well, about my say, teams. Just, I would not I, bet I, Miami I, this week. I will caution one thing about this game. Bill is Bill is looking to put a number on your team. I can tell you right now. You know how Bill is. Bill likes to freaking run it up. He ran it up. I don't know why. What? Well, I guess because his buddies were Urban Meyer. They ran it up last week on the Jaguars. He had to put 50 on the Jaguars. I don't know he's going to put. I don't think he's going to put 50 on the Dolphins. But he's going to look to really stick the Dolphins here. I, I, I really, I could see them. Now, would he, you be worried by as much as possible? Would you be worried if your team falls behind by like 25 points and they see that? Second half of the game, no, and then maybe Bill that, says, I'm going to pull off the dogs. That does not scare you? No, because I because Bill is Bill. He'll be still kicking his team's ass. Plus, he'll want that, you know. You know what? I get. I guess if it, everything falls the way it is now, they would play Buffalo again in the first round of the playoffs, right? In yes, Buffalo? they would. Yes, right. they would. Although Cincinnati is going to lose this week. So I don't know what the yeah, tiebreaker is playing, with Buffalo. Right? No, because Cincinnati's not playing Burrow, which is funny. Right. He got beat up in the Bengal game. Right. They have a home game anyway. Yeah, right. Small right. move by Taylor and company. They're sitting borough this week. But that might move Buffalo maybe up a spot, and maybe New right. England is maybe. still the five. So there's a lot up in the air, my friend. A lot up yes. in the air. But I don't think do that get... matters to the Patriots. If it was another team, yes. I don't know about I don't not not a Belichick team. So you're going with New England game number four, lane six and a half. All right. Correct. Game four, I'm going with a game that matters. And this team, we've had a very love-hate relationship throughout the year. I'm taking the 49ers plus the four uh, against the Los Angeles Rams. I was thinking about that. I had a lot of thought about that game. Now, there are a couple of things that a scare lot. me, though. I don't know what the quarterback situation is. I think it's going to be Garoppolo. I do not think they're going to have Trey Lance out there. And listen, Trey Lance is super talented. He is athletic. I don't love him. He's got a monster, monster arm, but he's not ready. Like, if you watched that right, Texan right. game last week, it's queer. Talent's there. But he needs to be harnessed. He mm. needs to be nurtured, if you will. So they need Garoppolo in this game. But it just, it, to me, it's as simple as it means a lot more for the Niners who are fighting to get in the playoffs yes. than it does the Rams who basically can't get a bye. And what, they're playing to win a division title with a little outside help? I'm all over San Francisco. They're finding their way not only into the playoffs, they're covering this number with these. So I'll take the four. And they're going to win it outright. Give me the 49ers. The Rams win the division by just winning the game. They don't need any help. Correct. They win. They win. It. Correct. They win the game. They win the yeah. game. But what is it that big of a difference? I like. I'm with you on the Niners. I was very close to taking the Niners. I I I I I agree with you there. You know, I don't love Trey Lance. I would say that, but I was very close to taking the Niners. So I I, I like the pick. All right, my last pick. I'm taking the Saints laying the three and a half against Atlanta. Uh, you know this. They're playing at kickoff. They're going to be alive. Uh, they certainly, you know, there's a shot. I mean, they're playing the Rams, San Francisco, the Niners, that the Saints could get in. I mean, you got to give them a shot. 
you know, who knows? You know, like you said, we don't know what the Rams, their mindset's going to be in this game. I don't know. Who knows? But uh, I'm taking, uh, I'm taking the Saints. I am. I, Atlanta to me. I know Atlanta beat them earlier in the year. Uh, Atlanta has not been good at home. I think they've only won one game at, in Atlanta all year. That was the game against the Lions a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, the Saints need to win to, to stay alive. I'm taking their defense is terrific. Saints have a very good defense. There's no doubt about it. Top-notch defense in the league. Uh, give me the Saints laying a three and a half. Last but not least, I think it's the best game of the week. It's the final game of the week. I'm getting in bed with the Raiders, Joe. I think I the Raiders got. It. I think I'm the Raiders nervous. got something cooking right doesn't, now. Let me say this: Doesn't the line scare you a little? No, because I expected the Chargers to be favored. You did. I okay. did because right. I think that the the numbers guys, and I right. think that Vegas has respected the Chargers this year a lot more than they have respected Vegas. Vegas to me has been one yes. of the more disrespected teams. Yeah, especially over the last couple of weeks. And one of my biggest regrets of last week, and I was furious, and I ended up betting it because it got as high as nine. I'm mad I didn't include the Raiders as one of my five picks. So I'm rewriting that wrong. I think they're the tougher team in this game. I think they're the more battle-tested team in this game. And they got something going. You saw it in the Thanksgiving game. You saw it in the Colt game. Even the Brown game, when they got kicked in the groin, they recovered, came back. They got a clutch field goal kicker, which that was I love. That turning point of the year for them. Oh, absolutely. The, the that Brown game would have finished their I mean, season. They were down, that, that was the game they were down with Nick Mullins, the quarterback. They fell behind late. And then caught through a pick in that game. They got the ball, but they were able to get the ball back. And he did, you know, march them down for the game-winning field goal. They haven't lost since. So but I'm telling you, little, their, they do have their a little field goal kicker. Going. They got a little bit of going. If this game is close, off. he's money. Carlson is money. So I'm getting three points. I'm getting all the juju in the world in honor of John Madden, overcoming all the adversity to Raiders from Gruden to Ruggs. Uh, They had a DUI earlier in the week. They have had an issue of just turning the page and finding a way. I think they do it one last time. And I think Derek Carr finally gets an opportunity to play in a playoff game. And the other thing is, I don't trust the Chargers. I think they're totally fraudulent. No, yeah, no, no, I think I'm their defense stinks. I agree. I wouldn't be surprised like if Herbert picks, forces an interception or two. I'm grabbing the points, but I think the Raiders win the game, Joe. I'm taking them plus three. All right. I like it. I like the Raiders in that game. So you're on board with the Raiders. You're on board with the Niners. The other yes. picks, we got a couple of heads up. Well, we, we went heads up a couple times. Which is know, good, like, though. I mean, it makes yeah. for some fun, which we like right. on Sunday. Right. Final thought from you. Your Jets. After yes. a spirited effort, close but Beautiful. no cigar against Brutal. Tampa. So don't get me started. By the way, Beningo, in the building, they do NJ.com pieces. They got the him and Kenny in Staten Island. They got to sit down. They're following no. you. How no. apropos did they do an NJ.com piece for that no. game with you in attendance? That's apropos. Well, well, first of all, let me say this. You know, these guys on SNY, they were freaking ripping the, the quarterback. Give me a freaking break. That's a joke. That was that's all on Salah. Salah has to make that call, not Mike LaFleur. He has to make it. This is the play. They call timeout. This is the play we're running. Case freaking closed. I don't want to hear about anything. And his garbage about Zach wanting to be a hero. Where did that crap come from? From these guys on SNY. I don't want to get into all that because it just I, 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 it gets me very aggravated. One other thing too. Let me throw this out there. 
They better freaking sign Braxton Barrios. They better freaking sign him. And I'm re- all this garbage I'm reading is, a wow, they want to sign him. They want to keep him. They're going to let this guy walk. This let him go to my. I know you're saying New England. He's welcome in South Florida because oh, he fit nicely with Jalen right Waddle. This guy is a winning player. They talk about changing the culture over there. That's all I hear is, is the BS culture word. And I'm tired of freaking hearing culture. Yeah, okay. Well, let me. We're 4 and 13. Where's the culture change? Okay. This is the kind of guy that you change the culture with. He's a winning player. I heard uh, one of the guys on SNY today wasn't the, po- the post-game show guys, but I won't say his name either. I like the guy. I won't say his name either. He called Berrios the fourth receiver. on. The, he's their fourth receiver. Really? To me, the only receiver better than him on the team is Elijah Moore. That's it. I agree with that. Uh, How could you make the argument for Davis when he was an absolute You can't, you can't make oh, it. Yeah. Plays, now, more, the- listen, more when he's on the field is your number one receiver. Yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said that. The only receiver we have better than Berrios is Elijah Moore. That's it. And he and and this coaching staff, because they're terrible, should have been using this guy a lot more earlier in the year than they they were. They weren't really using him early in the year, very else. And I'm telling you, if if they freaking sign Franklin Myers, okay, give me a break. I'm telling you, if they don't re-sign him, you can take it to the bank that he's going to New England. And you, we're betting, you know what we're going to do? And, if and he, he goes to New England, Julian we're betting we're betting everything next year over Berrios. Yards, receptions, touchdowns, we're betting it Probably. all over next year because at least you're no, paying. I'm not doing that. We'll, I'm, 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 I will, also, though. I will because I know that Jet Payne I'm gonna watch this guy profit. My team. Profit. I'm telling you, bro. This is my you, fr- give my him, you give him a spirited effort Sunday against Buffalo, or do you think this is a, uh, a beatdown? I think if I'm if I would look, I wouldn't touch the game. But I think if I was, I think I might take the points. I think I might. I don't know. I don't know what they're gonna. I don't know. I don't know where they are right now. They've been in these games. That's what I give them credit for. They have not mailed it in. They have played hard. The issue I have now is they left it all out on the line in that Tampa game. Now you're on the road and you're thinking about hey, everything but the last game of the year because guys are thinking vacations. Golf plans. I don't see family. that with this team. So you though. think you know they'll what, be into Jay? it? You think they'll be yeah. into it? Yes, I don't. I don't see that with this team. I think this team is playing better. Okay, and and I think that they, they they're almost. I get the the sense that this team's actually upset that the season's ended because it seems like they're just kind of starting to find themselves. They should have won that game last week. There's no doubt about it. You know. That, that you have to win games like that. You have to start that you, you can't let stuff like what happened happen and then let Brady walk 90 yards for a touchdown on top of that, playing the stupid prevent defense. But I, I, I think I think I would take the points, bro. I think I would. They're getting a lot. It looks like Elijah Moore's back for this game. All right. Quinton Williams is back for the game. He missed a couple of games. I, you know, uh, Tevin Coleman is back for this game. It looks like Michael Carter's back for this game. So they're going to be. Pretty George Fant is out, but they're pretty. You know, outside of that, they're pretty much going to be full strength. They really are. This kid Feeney, whatever his name is, that played center last week with McGovern out, played really well. Their offensive line has been good. They run for they ran for 150 last week with against a pretty good offensive uh, defensive line, good a very good defensive team without the quarterback really running for any yardage. They ran for 150. So I think they're going to play him tough. I, I look. I, I was thinking fifty to three the whole time. I, they're not going to win, obviously. They're not winning, 
But I could see them covering the number. I'll say that. I think I think they'll cover the 16 and a half. I'll say that. Mr. 5-0, and red hot, Joe Beningo. Joe, enjoy the weekend. You do, Next bro. week we do this. It's playoff time. And then next Friday, I get to see you in person That's at the right. Hackensack we'll Brewery. The, uh, we'll be at the Hackensack Brewery in Hackensack, 78 Johnson Avenue. Come down in our second live podcast. By the way, the Georgia-Alabama game. I'm all over Georgia. Yeah. Hammered them. Playing the points. No, I took them on the money line. I'm not even messing around. I got minus yeah. 135 on the money line. They are winning the game. They are not losing Alabama twice in five weeks. I don't yeah, I don't it. think I don't think they are either. Alabama, it's dangerous to go against Alabama, but I, I I don't see it. They really showed me something. They just annihilated Michigan. Michigan wasn't even on the same world with them. Game was over bars. right after the opening series. I knew Michigan yeah. had no chance. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. no chance. Joseph, I will see you next week. All the love, my friend. All the love, my man. I'll see you. So we go from the red-hot Joe B to our guy in the desert, the great Arthur Caesar. He's moving and shaking over at Superbook. We're all ready for Week 18 in the NFL. Art, it's amazing that Week 18 is here already. I know this has been in many ways a never-ending regular season, but for me, it's like the the fun never stops, dude. I'm going to be bummed when we're sitting here in like late February and we don't have football at Handicap on a Friday. That's going to bother me. Oh, JJ, me too, man. I... It is the old thing, like we get so excited for football and then it comes and it just zooms by. I, I love the extra week. I think it's great. Next week's going to be amazing with all the playoff games. So we still have a lot of fun to have over the next, you know, five or six weeks here. Well, it's a blessing and a curse because you're right. Next week's going to be killer. We do get the additional slate of games. Or this is one of the most brutal cards that I can ever remember in my years of handicapping the NFL. I had a real tough time trying to figure out five games that I really liked because there's just so much uncertainty. Who's playing? Who's not? Who's into it? Who's not? Who's checked out? I mean, uh, everything that you have handicapping in NFL week, it's tough. Now you times that by 100. I know people say week one and the final week of the year are the toughest. I disagree with that. I think this final week of the year is by far and away the toughest way to go about this. I hate week 17, 18, whatever the hell you want to call it. I don't disagree, and we've talked about it the last couple of weeks on this pod. Obviously, you're going to add all the COVID stuff in over the last couple of weeks, and then now you factor in, like you said, who cares, who's into it, who's playing, who's not. Do people care about their positioning or their seatings? There's really only, I mean, I guess you could throw Niners, Rams in there, but Chargers Raiders is the really only, hey, we know what this game means. Win your in, you know, lose your out. So every other game is go figure. I'm I'm of the old, you know, kind of belief like you. I think week one's always hard because we just don't know what we're gonna get. And then the last week of the season, but this has been ramped up to a new level. No way you can bet these games early. You gotta basically wait till the last moment to bet these games. Even if you slightly miss the best number, it's just what you have to do. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Unfortunately, we don't have the luxury of doing that here on the pod, and we got to give out the picks either way. <laughs> yep. Um, but as far as like analyzing line movement and the stuff that I like to look into week in and week out, do you have to tread lightly, Art, in trying to like analyze a lot of the metrics, the public money, the sharp stuff that we do that I love talking about? because of the uncertainty that we have in so many of these games. I feel like you can get yourself in a lot of trouble if you're trying to figure out those metrics 
in games that have absolutely nothing on the line. Like, for example, I think a game that has something on the line and is reverse line movement, you can be aware of it, and I think it makes sense. If it's a game between two teams that have nothing to play for, I don't take any stock in that. Do you feel the same way? I totally agree. We all know, as long as we've been doing this, a lot of the times the sharp movement early is something you can really bank on for a week. And if you follow that throughout the year and you get on the right side of it, you can be a profitable winning better. Perfect example, though, this week, Cincinnati opens minus three. We take some pretty sharp money early in the week. And then Burrow declares himself out. I, you know, it's just really hard to figure that stuff in. And you, you just have to be careful because too many things can happen here. Even Minnesota last week, there were some people, some sharper players who were taking Minnesota plus seven, thinking, okay, they got everything to play for. If they continue to win, maybe they can make the playoffs. And then Cousins goes out. So very hard to get in front of this stuff. And like I said, I really think this is wait till the end, wait till the bitter end, as crazy as that sounds. That's usually the last thing you want to do betting the NFL is wait to the bitter end because you never get the best number. Do we have a sucker bet that stands out for week 18? I had a hard time finding one. The one that kind of caught my eye that I was a little surprised by, New Orleans only being a three and a half point favorite against Atlanta. That was the one I had circled, Art. Okay, that's an interesting one. I'm going to, I agree. This, this was a hard week to find a lot of things. This is the one I'm going to throw out there. And one team is actually still kind of hanging around and playing for something. And one team is dead in the water. I think the Steelers are a sucker bet this week. I think the Steelers getting six, everyone's going to look at it and go, well, if some things break right, they can still make the playoffs. They're getting six points. We talked about this last week. Steelers are a great underdog, but it's usually a home underdog. And I think after the big, big Ben thing, it's kind of a little bit of a letdown. I think the way Harbaugh always gets his team to play, I understand they're decimated by everything. I think they'll play. I think everyone will be happy to take the six. I think the Steelers are a little bit of a sucker bet this week. I'm glad that you mentioned that. I'm all over the Ravens this week because they're in every single game. Even last week against a team that's vastly superior in Los Angeles, they are taking them to the bitter end. They easily could have won that game. Pittsburgh had basically, you know, 120 yards of passing. <laughs> right, Najee Harris broke off the late run at the end of the game, but they're offensively challenged. And that was like the Ben Swan song. Like, I, I know they still have a faint playoff chance arc, but to me, this has hangover written all over it. So I'm glad that you mentioned this because my picks for the week. The Ravens are one of them. We have a FanDuel four and a half. I scoop four and a half. The other games I have, I have the Niners plus four and a half. I have the football team against the hapless, pathetic, sad New York Giants. Can't make that line high enough. I took it at seven. I think the Texans are going to give the Titans a little bit of trouble. I took them plus 10. And then I got the Raiders in a game everybody's going to be watching, the game of the week on Sunday night. I think the Raiders got some juju. I'm grabbing the three. So outside of Ravens, which you like, football team, Texans, Niners, Raiders, your thoughts? Well, JJ, I, looking at your card, I, I love your card so far. Now, I gave Joe the blessing last week. The guy goes 5-0, and oh, unbelievable. Niners, I think, are going to be in the game. I think the Niners have a real shot to win the game. The Rams have cut. Now, listen, the Rams have found themselves in the last couple weeks. I think four and a half is too much. That game should be more around the the normal three. So definitely take the four and a half. I'm with you. If Washington was 14, you would take it. 
There's just no way you can believe in anything the Giants do with you on Washington. Texans is interesting. Obviously, the Titans want to win and get the number one seed. We all know that. But they might just sleepwalk through the game and kind of just get in, get out, get the win. Texans have played hard over the last month. They just have. Davis Mills has looked a little bit better, and their defense is not bad. And I know we talked off the air through some text. I'm with you. I really like the Raiders. I think the Raiders, this is a huge game, and you're finally going to be at home. John Madden's going to be looking down on them. It's just the whole deal to me. The Chargers, they've been spotty. They've been up and down. I'd rather take the Raiders. I will say this. I'd feel more comfortable if I know Waller's playing in the game. I know he's kind of a question mark because he is their best player. This is a make-or-break game for Derek Carr as a pro. I like the Raiders as well. And I would assume, Art, even though I'm seeing the splits, Charger public money, Charger big money, you guys out in the desert are probably taking nothing but Raiders bets, I would guess. It's interesting. It has been public on the Chargers, but we've talked about this, JJ. We always are going to have Raider liability. But the last month, let's, uh, let's say this, before the Colt game, the previous three or four weeks, people had jumped off the Raiders. They had just gotten away from the Raiders. They didn't like what they had seen out of them. So there wasn't much on them. And even last week, it kind of came back a little bit. I think by the time we get to kickoff, because also remember, it's a Sunday night game. That's going to be the last game of the week of the weekend. I think we will be back with people on the Raiders. I think people will take a lot of chances with Raiders money line. And I think Raiders will be teased up too. I think the Raiders are a nice teaser option. Okay. Now we have Joe's picks. You're not going to like the Steeler pick. We're heads up in that game. We're also heads up because he's taking the Tennessee Titans laying the 10. The other three, he's laying a big number with the Colts. I get it. Jacksonville's the worst team in the league. But Jacksonville's had weird success against the Colts in, in their building. It's hard to explain. It's one of those weird oddities in the NFL. That's why I stayed away from that one. The other two he has, New Orleans laying three and a half, New England against my boys laying six and a half. I think you're going to like my picks more. Just the gut feel, just the hunch. I think you're going to like mine more. Well, absolutely. I mean, outside of the Texans, which I could, you could talk me into the Texans. I really enjoy four of your picks. Texas would probably be the one I didn't like, but you could talk me into it. Colts, I think it's funny that you say that. I think they've lost like six straight in Jacksonville. It's something like that. It's crazy. It's a, yeah, it's crazy. It they lost week one last yeah. year. They're a monster favorite. They yes. knocked so many people out of the knockout. Oh, the survivors. Balls. Yeah, they killed all those survivors. I remember that. And then Jackson lost every, Jacksonville lost every game. I can see laying the sixth team with the Colts, I guess. It's, it's basically the same scenario as last week. Obviously, New England needed a game to get back right. Colts obviously win. They're in, so they want to take care of business. Maybe you think Colts kind of take the breaks off the second half. If they're up big, that could happen. The New Orleans game's tough for me. It's a toss-up. They're so offensively challenged. I know their defense is great. I don't know. That, that, that's such a just toss-up game to me. I don't really love it. And he took New England. That's a tough game, man. I, I, would, yeah. I think New England's probably the right side, but I don't love You know why I don't love it, Art? Because if Buffalo's up by 20-plus points yep. in the second half of that game, you might say, you know what? Matthew Judon, Mac Jones, I'm, I'm calling off the dogs. I know I'm playing next week. I don't want to get anybody hurt. Uh, you know, I actually, I think Miami's the right side too. I think it's too many points. I mean, I think when you've gotten to six, six and a half, where it probably should be between three and four points, obviously we know Flores, once again, we've, we've beat this to death. They always play hard for him. 
It's him going against Belichick. He always wants to look good against Belichick. Obviously, New England has had a lot of weird stuff happen in Miami, even going back to when Brady was there. And Mac Jones hasn't been that great on the road. Yeah, honestly, this is like the one week where I'm like, usually I'm pretty split who I like. I definitely like your picks more. I I don't really think I, I might like one of Joe's picks, if I'm being honest. Well, considering I'm a bunch of games back in the standings, I could I, I could use a little <laughs> boost here in week 18. Uh, your tease was so spot on with Utah. Ugh. We had to sweat that out, but still it was so spot on. The Lions let us down, unfortunately. It was one of those weeks Seattle actually wanted to play football and they ended up smoking them. So, Art, the floor is yours. Week 18, where are we headed? Yeah, that was a tough one, but that's the way it goes. And we knew, and terrible that Utah, Utah didn't win that game out where it really killed the money line betters. All right, listen, we're at the end of the regular season. We're sitting at 8-8-1. Eight, eight and one. We're 7-6 and six on the teasers. Very hard to find teasers this week. There was a part of me that wanted to maybe go to the college game and connect it with the NFL game. I didn't want to go that way. I found two NFL games. We talked about it. We're going to do a two-team six-point teaser. I love the Niners just like you love the Niners. We're going to take the Niners over the 10 points, so we're going to move it from 4.5 to 10.5. I think the Niners can win the game. 10, 10 and a half is way too many. And then I think the Cardinals, this is going to be kind of like what we talked about with the Steelers. Seattle had their kind of send-off to Russ last week, even though he might come back and play there. I think Arizona found something last week. I'm going to tease Arizona from six to a pick em. So give me the Niners plus 10 and a half, Carolina as a pick em, as your two-team six-point teams. Final thought, buddy. Monday night. Georgia and Bama, the fact that this line has now gotten three, I think is rather telling. I know public money is going to be all over Nick Saban and the Crimson Tide. I think Georgia gets it done here, Art. I know it's tempting to take Alabama plus the money and plus the points. After what I saw from Georgia against Michigan, that's a team on a mission. I can't see them losing twice to Alabama in four or five weeks. I know Kirby's got to beat Nick. I know Georgia's finally got to break through and win one of these games. I think they get it done. I'm on Georgia. I'm on the under for Monday night. Interesting. Okay, so we opened that game, Georgia minus one, total of 51, basically in the second half of the Georgia-Michigan game. We already knew Bama was in the game. We knew Georgia was going to get there. Nothing but sharp money early on Georgia. It's obviously moved the game to three. Total's now 52. We have really good two-way action on the game, and I don't think that's any surprise because once it got to three, people were going to buy back on Alabama. And we've had two 100K-plus bets on both sides of the money line. Guy took that position with Georgia minus 150, and then a guy took that position with Alabama plus 125. So we're going to have really nice split action on the game. We'll be rooting for Bama because we also want to knock the Georgia future liabilities out of there at seven and eight to one earlier in the year. The only thing I could see both ways, and I've talked to a lot of smart people on both sides of it who can sell me Georgia or sell me Bama, and I go back and forth on it. The only thing I disagree with is, and the only play I probably will have on the game, because I don't feel great either side, is I actually like over 52. I think there's going to be points in the game. So I think if I played the game, I would play over the 52. We're heads up on the total. You don't love the side. I think we're going to have a terrific national championship game. We are due for one because the last couple of years, it's been blowout city. Last three years, the national championship game has basically been over by 1030 at night, which is never a good sign. All right, Art, next week, it is Super Wild Card Weekend. 
So buckle up, big boy, because we're going to have a lot of games to handicap every which way. Enjoy the rest of your weekend and happy new year, all right? JJ, happy new year. Always a pleasure. And yeah, next week's going to be a lot of fun, my man. That's the great Arthur Caesar over at the Superbook. We go from Arthur Caesar to our dude, Jeff Money. What do you have in store for week 18? What up, JJ? Jeff Money here with a handicapper picks. I hate to say it's the final week of the regular season, week number 18, super contest style. All right. As far as the results from last week, my money play winner, I was 10 and 7. For the week, I was 2 and 3, 39, 45 and 1 on the year. And our head-to-head on the Super Contest style, I'm 2-0 and against you last week. I'm 10-7 and on the year. And our family plays, we had one. We lost again. We're 5-10 and on the year. All right. So here's my plays for this week. Game number one, my money play. I'm going to road team. I'm going to take the Indianapolis Colts minus the 15-and-a-half over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Game number two, I'm taking another road team. I'm going to take the Chicago Bears plus the 5-and-a-half over the Minnesota Vikings. Game number three, I'm going with a home team. I'm going to go with the Las Vegas Raiders, plus the three over the L.A. Chargers. Game number four, I'm going with a road team. I'm going to go with the Tennessee Titans, minus the 10 over the Houston Texans. And finally, on game number five, I'm going with a home team. I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills, minus the 16.5 over the Jets. Again, my five plays. Uh, my money play, I'm going with the Colts, minus the 15.5. I'm going to take the Chicago Bears, plus the 5.5. I'm going to go with the Raiders, plus the three. The Titans, minus the 10. And the Buffalo Bills, minus the 16 and a half. And as always, everyone can always follow my daily plays on Twitter, at Jeff Money. All right, JJ, let's see if we have any play, family play the heads up. Okay, JJ, I'm out of here. Let's go. Let's go, Money. We do have a family play Sunday night with the silver and black. We'll be all over the Vegas Raiders. You got two family plays with Joe. You got Indianapolis and you have the Tennessee Titans. We are heads up, my friend, in that one. I can't wait. For Sunday. We got something special cooking. I'm looking forward to it. Something special is a brewing for Sunday night. And it's not just the end of the regular season. Yes, we'll be on Joe Judge Watch. We'll have you covered there every which way. Um, I think Giant fans are going to be disappointed. My gut feel right now is that Giant fans are going to be disappointed. And we'll have to see New York City, tri-state area. How does John Jastrzemski handle the fact that he can have FanDuel Sportsbook on his phone on his couch, in his apartment over the course of the weekend. What a time to be alive. Great work by the fellas. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. We're back Sunday night. Take you out. Be good, everybody.